Hello and welcome to the Dr. Richard podcast, a show about health, well-being, fitness and humanity. I'm Dr. Richard Marks. Today, I'm excited to talk to Paul Knotts. <laughs> Hello. How are you? I'm good, yeah. Good, good. Paul is an actor, model and appeared on Love Island in 2018. How are you? And one thing we like to ask is what three things make you smile? I'm good. Yeah, uh, middle of summer, so... The, Feels good. The heat makes me happy. Um, three things, what, that just make me happy? Uh, yeah, it can be either kind of experiences, things that you really uh, enthusiastic about, or obviously it can be like friends, family or whatever. Yeah. Uh, music's one of them. Amazing. Yeah. Always good. <laughs> Obsessed with music. I took on DJing uh, a couple of, actually over lockdown. And then just became obsessed with it. I just do it for like myself, and then end up DJing at friends' parties or whatever. Um, Travelling, holidays—that stuff makes me happy. Getting away from London, I do love London. Yeah, amazing city. Yeah, getting away and or well, easy one, friends and family. Yeah, of course, always, yeah. always. Let's talk about how we know each other. Obviously, um, I've seen you for some dental work. And, you have, yeah. Um, we got to know each other through um, different friends and contacts, and we have friend, people in common that we know. Um, so uh, how is it going with your teeth? <laughs> Very good, yeah. I didn't... So if you remember, I didn't really have a, a big problem. It was more so the, the bottom four teeth, mm. and it was just between, like, flossing. So I thought, right, let's get it sorted now. Obviously spoke to you, let's get the Invisalign, and then... I think well, how many how many weeks was it? It's about yeah. I mean, I think it's around fourteen weeks is the beginning of the process. But you know, sometimes it takes a little bit longer for the kind of refinements and things yeah. just to get those little perfecting things. But yeah, even though it's kind of uh, not major work, it still takes a bit of time because straightening the teeth. You know. Yeah. yeah. It, uh, a couple of people said Invisalign was going to be horrible. I think it's initially when you put the next tray in, it forces the teeth a bit more. But honestly, it was a breeze. Uh, and I'm very happy with them. Yeah, I've got a little bit of bonding to go. But they're looking But great. other than that, yeah, happy with them, nice and white. And uh, yeah, Dr. Richard is... Ready for the summer. <laughs> giving me the perfect smile. <laughs> so tell us about kind of working as a model and life in the fashion world what did you find during that period and you know what are the pressures that you find and what are the positive aspects of being in that industry <laughs> i know it's a lot of a question but... it is i think because i've been in it for such a long time i kind of feel like a bit of a veteran in it and i almost it's so different now to what it used to be I kind of feel like I hit, I hit the last of the what you would call the cliche modelling industry where you would go round to castings, you would see the same faces, you know, I'd be going to like four four or five castings a day. Um, you could travel with it. I, you know, I'd be in Milan, Cape Town, LA, New York, and it was just... And the work was plentiful. Like, there was so much because there wasn't that many models. But now, with social media... Instagram's kind of, I wouldn't say killed the industry, but like everyone's a model now, which is great. I think it's great for to give everyone the opportunity, but at the same time, it's it's, it's saturated the market. So for you to be able to be at a modeling agency and work full-time as a model, there's few people doing it. Um, but, you know, times change, you know, um, and you have to adapt to it. That's kind of why I pushed more for like Instagram 
uh, and you just it's it's more about self-promotion now than anything you know I used to have an agent that would would work for me they'd call me up and say Paul you're working tomorrow great and then they call me up at the end of the, that day and they say right you're working tomorrow and it was kind of like that so you didn't really have to push for yourself but now it's about going out seeking brand affiliation like deals um you know you've got to be taking photos for yourself you, you have to be proactive with it so it's just taken on a whole new ball game and honestly i'm not obsessed with it i, like, I enjoy doing it but for me to go out and just aimlessly take pictures for somebody to like it potentially I, I do struggle with a bit I think you know with the fashion industry as well it was that idea of how critical they can be and the idea of what they're aiming for in the aesthetics of the body yeah. which might not actually be healthy for the person you know and that happens on the male side as well as the female side and people don't always think about that yeah do you know what? when I so when I was modeling I, I used to do a lot of body stuff so I do a lot of swimwear underwear I was kind of one of those guys I was like a body guy uh my you know my agents would say and it it was a lot I spent five six days in the week I wouldn't I was you know I'd go out and and indulge but I was very uh specific with what I ate um you know drinking and it it's a lot and it had an effect on me, and it still does. But in, I guess in a, in a bit of a good way because I know that I, I stay healthy. But in a way, you know, people are always trying to compare themselves. I do as well. You know, Instagram, for instance. You look at it. When was the last time you got off Instagram and felt amazing about yourself? It's a bit of a rarity these days because you're constantly comparing. And I was kind of at the top of my game. You know, I was in such great shape and physical shape that I would people have comparing themselves to me. And some people aspiring to be in shape, but probably some people felt bad about themselves because of that. I mean, look, I'm not in the shape as I used to be. And when I go on Instagram and stuff and I see it, I'm like, you know, it doesn't make me feel great. It kind of makes me think I'm being lazy. I'm not, um, you know, I just can't get back to the way I used to. And it just has a bit, you know, modeling does have, it certainly has an effect on you. I'd like to think that I'm not self-conscious about things, but I definitely am, you know. Uh, I think if I truly admit it, um, I'm probably very, I'm very self-aware about stuff. Mm. Maybe um, self-critical, you know. Massively self-critical, yeah. but in my own mind, like my yeah. own mind is my biggest enemy. Exactly. You're in good shape anyway, but then you. you yeah, 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 yeah. It's just I'm, I'm. Nothing's ever good enough mm. for me. Mm -hmm. It's not like I look at something, yeah, and I, you know, I'm do something. I'm like, oh, I, I can do better, and it's. It is, it is annoying. It's like a roller coaster of like, not negative emotions, but I'm just constantly trying to push myself. Yeah, like a voice of, of that. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's not even the voice of reason. It's like the, it's like the bully. <laughs> voice it's of like, not reason. It's the bully in me, yeah. <laughs> what are your family like and are you close? Um, I know we talked a little bit about where you grew up and, you know, and, and how you grew up. And obviously now life changed a lot. But, you know, do you still have a connection to that? Massive. I'm. My sisters are, are incredible. Um, my one of my sisters just had a baby. Like we're very close. Uh, my parents as well. I've got. I've, I've always had a good relationship with them. I've been very fortunate with that, and I know that I'm very fortunate. I know people don't have that at all. And when so I've just been to Glastonbury. Oh, amazing! Lucky both, you. My, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's full on. <laughs> body did you glamping or did you do the proper <laughs> it was like mid glamping mid -glam we sort of like we had we had the teepee cool 
But I, my God, the shower situation, the toilet situation. It's always a problem. <laughs> they are so savage. It's like, like being in the wild with rock music. Almost, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you go through some highs and lows, but uh, you know, you deal with it for five days. But anyway, um, went with both my sisters and I've got such a good relationship with them. We can go have fun, like all party together. And some people see that and they go, I wish I had that. Mm. And so we're very fortunate that we... You know, we get along and then, yeah, both my parents, they've just fortunate they've always been there for me. Um, you know, I had a great childhood and, um, yeah, and I think they all keep me grounded as well. Mm-hmm. Certainly my older sister, um, you know, if any time I've ever said something or done something or whatever, she pulls, she pulls me back to earth. <laughs> and maybe also growing up with sisters can help because we, we're actually four boys and four girls. Okay. It helps you kind of like understand women and you know as well you yeah know, and understand um kind of all growing up together and different personalities because we have some people in our family who are really extrovert and then some who are really introvert and it's like all the different characters brought together helps you kind of like meld with different people it's definitely made me understand women more yeah exactly for sure <laughs> uh, yeah i I'm f- I'm f- really good friends with a lot of girls and I do get on with girls, uh, sometimes more than boys. I think probably, yeah, just because I've had, had the older sisters, um, you know, the, the whole time of the month thing. My mum, I remember she sat me down when my sisters were p- uh, pissed off at me for, for no reason and then my mum sat me down and told me about that and then I had to learn about that and understand it and, and, and appreciate it, and, you know, and that was at a young age, so... I think it's allowed me for good stead as I, um, you know, as I got older. Yes, yeah. Yeah. And what's your approach to health and fitness, um, both on the physical and the mental side? And what do you think the benefits are on both parts of that? Health and fitness has always been a part of my life. And I've been lucky for that because it's kind of, you know, it's, it's in me. It's embedded in me from, from a young age. So it's not, it's not hard for me to go and do something physical for my mental health or just my physical being um it's i felt like it's important for everyone to do and i think there's a bit of a gray area in the fact that what we if you're to do fitness what what kind of fitness you should do i think there's so much pressure on you looking good as opposed to feeling good where essentially you should be training to feel good Mm -hmm. and looking better will be you know a process the consequence of that absolutely yeah and i think because of what i've been doing over the years there's a lot of there's the aesthetic thing to me you know i want to go to the gym i want to look physically good but i, could, I know that i'll feel good by doing that but the mental health thing is unbelievable um i think it's you know for a lot of people it's overlooked just to go out and do a walk you know lockdown obviously people are going out and walking feeling better and then with the training whatever it is, as long as you're doing something and you're not competing against anyone and just doing it for yourself, then uh, your life's so much better. You know, the endorphins, if I have a big weekend or whatever, you know, the first two or three days of the week are savage. They are brutal for me. I'm like, I'm lazy. I don't want to do anything. My my food intake is atrocious. I love a pizza. I'll smash a couple of those at the weekend. And then, and then it's like progressively a bit of a downhill spiral. So, for me, the fitness thing—if I get—if I actually go to the gym on a Monday and do something which is like cardio-related, 
uh, the endorphins that are released, I feel, it, you know, it sounds a bit stupid, but I just feel amazing afterwards. And, you know, you can't, you can only tell someone that. It's only until they physically do something that, you know, they'll notice the change. And, you know, there's, it's quite nice. When you go to the gym, actually, you see people who have just got, kind of got into the gym and progressively over the months, you see that... It's uh, kind of like their improvement in their mental health as well as their physical Yeah, and they become very self... Um, I don't know, the belief in themselves is... is, is amazing and they become so yeah they become so confident and you do notice this distinct change in them some people get a little bit too big in head and you always <laughs> want to bring them down but um yeah i mean it's it's amazing and i think for, for mental health it's a huge thing exactly and um what about nutrition what is your approach to nutrition obviously you spoke about being during the the fashion modeling days being very very strict but what how have things changed now and what do you do from day to day but it's all about balance for me. Um, when I was, you know, training hard, but because I was doing the swimwear, underwear, that type of stuff, I had to be a little bit more extreme than probably what most people were. But for me now, it's it's totally about balance. You know, I will in the at the weekend indulge a little bit more. But if I indulge the next day, I'll probably I'll be a little bit more sensible. You know, if I had a pizza yesterday, this morning, like in the morning, I'll probably have some porridge and some fruit and then less of the carbs you know I think it's it's being able to be aware of the differences in what you eat um, and and how they react to your body and I think you know not everyone's the same we all try and follow a diet doesn't always work but I think if you're you're realistic you know if you had loads of chocolate probably skip the chocolate for the next few days do fitness make sure you burn in the calories um I don't, re- I, I mean, I don't count my macros. I don't, none of that. It's mm-hmm. not, that's becomes a bit more stressful to me. I think I, I know about food well enough. I have my veggie, you know. Um, and it's knowing what works for you, obviously. That's the other thing is that it's quite personalised. What someone may be really good for someone, like uh, keeping low carb or someone fasting might work or keto or something, but, and other people... It's just about eating balanced or reducing alcohol intake. There's some things that work for different people, I think. Yeah, totally. And it's um, it's like a lack of education for a lot of people. You know, sometimes you see someone eating something, they're like, well, this is fine. You go, well, it's not that. It's packed with calories. Calories, yeah. But I think it's good, you know, on the, men- on the yeah. menus now. Yeah, you've it's got a big put- change, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I even go on Deliveroo now. And then it says some some meals that I thought you can't were like six hundred calories. I'm like that's over got a thousand calories. Well over, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> mental. It's crazy. So, but even, so even for me, that's good. Yeah, yeah, it helps me. I think that's a great thing. Some people um, oppose that idea and were like, I don't think it's a good idea because it makes people stress. But on the flip side, I think it's a great thing. I think it's a brilliant idea. Yeah, I think it's a good thing for people to know. Yeah. Totally. And um, you can make informed choices. It's not that you can't have it. It's just that you know, okay this thing is an indulgence now and then yeah know. totally and then do that thing you know if you know it's you're indulging now then tomorrow indulge a little less or mm. just be you know have the salad don't go for like the chips and the something or whatever it may be you know go light it's it's hard because if you love food and i love food <laughs> and if you go to a restaurant you don't want to pick the salad you want to pick the <laughs> pizza or the pasta or whatever it is you know those things um but I think, yes, I think it's a great thing, you know, those informed choices that you can make. Um, 
Definitely. It's educational for anybody, for everyone, you know. Definitely. So let's talk a bit about your TV work. Um, obviously, you know, it's a few years ago now that you did that main show, but how did you find it? And obviously the show is on right now. And, yeah, I haven't, but... I haven't seen it. I've seen, I've seen like snippets of it. It's funny, you know, it brings up a lot of memories. Mm. But um, it was interesting afterwards... I mean, I went. I actually, I went through a, a pretty hard time. You know, everyone talks. Well, a few people come out and, and spoken about like really hard times that they had. But the year after Love Island, uh, I went through a really bad, a really bad time. You know, a mental depression. Uh, I thought, I, I think I was going out too much as well. Mm. Uh, but when I go out, I was being the best of myself. Mm. You know, I go out, and when I, I've had a few drinks. And no one would know, like mm. no one would have a clue mm. that anything that's bad is going on in my life. Mm. But on the flip side, you know, the next day when I woke up, savage, I'm like, I'm miserable, mm. you know. Um, and people assume that your life is just constantly good because you're out at events, you're doing stuff, you're doing fun stuff. And like you say, you're drinking and so you're like, I could be the best of myself. But then the next days and when you're not doing anything, they were just brutal. And like I say, the bully in my own mind would just come out and say, like, you should be doing so much more. Um, what are you doing? What are you doing with your life? Is this really what you want to do? Um, some things just weren't going right with agents. Like, it was a bit of, it was, um, when I did Love Island, it opened doors, mm -hmm. but closed a lot of doors, mm -hmm. a lot of doors which I was used to. So working with some of the bigger brands didn't want to touch me because mm -hmm. I was associated with Love Island. Mm -hmm. um, but it was opening up smaller doors with uh, with other you know smaller companies but maybe in a bit of a big-headed way at the time I was like I don't want to work with these with with these um brands anymore because I've 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 worked with that and I was kind of working my way up to bigger brands mm. but really that was just my own self-pride I think um so for you would you do it again or if you went back do you think you wouldn't do it it's a it's a kind of <laughs> I'm sure people ask question. that yeah yeah all the time <laughs> I don't know, catch me on a different day, I'd say, yeah, catch me on another day, you know, I'd be like, no, I wouldn't ever do it again. Mm -hmm. I think I'd change a few things. I think I would definitely change the after mm -hmm. Love Island and and how I went about things and my life. And I think it's not necessarily that do I regret doing the show. I think it's a lot of the things I did afterwards. Mm -hmm. I should have been a lot more proactive with stuff. Like if I, if I want something, I go and get it. Mm -hmm. If I really want something, there's nothing that will stop me. Mm -hmm. And I think mentally I was allowing a lot of things to stop me from going, like doing the go-getting, you know? Mm -hmm. And agents, I don't know, like agents are so important, but I think some agents aren't good for you because they don't actually know what it is you want to do mm. and where you want to go. I think it's a lot of, they just want to make the money. They have to be the right fit with you and for your totally. vision rather than, you know, they, they have an idea of, just seeing the money and that's the idea yeah yeah yeah. and they yeah, and they know every agent knows for a short period of time you're you're like hot stuff you know mm -hmm. you're going to be making money mm -hmm. so they're there to make the money out of you mm -hmm. um it's, it's no offense to agents because they are important and you it, it's very key to having that when you're when you're in the public eye or you know you're doing that kind of thing but at the same time i think i just picked some of the wrong people 
uh, made a few mistakes and then at, at that point I was like, do you know what, I'm over it. And then people constantly were coming talking about Love Island and I was like, You've moved Jesus on Christ, <laughs> stop talking to me about this. I mean, I know you're, you're asking course, me now, but it was like, it was random people yeah, yeah, and yeah. everyone just wants to know about it all the time. And then yeah. if somebody talks to me about it now when I'm out or I'm doing something and then they just like plying me with questions, I'm like... <laughs> in my I head know, I'm like please I know, stop I know. talking to me about it's this. only one part of your your life do you know what I mean it's yeah yeah, yeah. Of... so I'm I'm Paul Knopps I'm exactly. not Paul from Love Island exactly. and that you know after a while that it just sort of grated on me um and I didn't associate myself with Love Island for a long time you know I think straight away I tried to take myself away from it I didn't want to be going to the events I didn't want to be associated with Love Island because I didn't want to be carry on with anything necessary to do with that. And I didn't want to go on any of the other sh like reality TV shows because it just wasn't me. I wanted to be doing different things and something which kind of felt like had a bit more substance to it, you know? Yeah, I understand. Um, I understand. I'm going to bring up one more thing. The yeah. Britney video. <laughs> yeah. So tell me how that came about and, you know, um, and what time was that in your life? And obviously... You were living in America at that time, I assume. Yeah, it's quite funny, actually. I mean, uh, somebody somebody asked me about it and then they played the video and then I watched it. And I, <laughs> even when I watch it now, I'm like... It's, so it's a bizarre. good video. <laughs> yeah, it is. No, it's great, but it was just bizarre. I think when I look back at it, I think, wow, that was so... You know, that was four, five, five years ago. I just moved to LA. Mm -hmm. And my agents turned around and said to me, um, Paul, casting... Um, it's for a, a big musician. Do you want to go for it? And I was, at the time, I was like, yeah, what? How? They said, how? I said, how big is the musician? <laughs> it was pretty big. <laughs> yeah. And they said, we're not supposed to tell you, but they said, it's Britney Spears. And I was like, yeah, I am definitely going to go for this music video. I, I just hope they don't make me dance. Um, <clears throat> and and I they got made the, you dance? <laughs> no, they didn't. It was actually oh, it was an interview. It was oh, actually just, it, 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 was just it. it was just a talking interview. They just want to know what kind of a guy there was, if he kind of, if he had like personality, if not, whatever. And um, yeah, I just sat and got on with the, the producers really well. And then, yeah, the agents turned around and said, oh, boy, you got the job. But on the day of the the um, the music video, we got there and there was about 10 other guys. And um, straight away, I was like, I was wounded because I thought, well, I'm not the lead guy. I ha um, there's 10 other guys in this and then the so the premise of the music video is it's like a, it's actually like a modeling casting so you go there's it there's uh you've got your casting directors and then you go and then you kind of have to do your talent or whatever it was uh and then they pick you so that went on the actual day i mean this is i absolutely cringe at this even now they said right so you guys you've all got 15 minutes in front of the camera so you've just got to come uh on screen when you know in the casting room and just do something for 15 minutes so we've all looked at each other and gone what like what are we supposed to do for 15 minutes mental one guy's a musician i said well you're sorted you can um you can play the guitar yeah everyone loves the guitar some guys like an acrobat he can do that some guys escape you know there was a couple of things and i was like oh my god what am i supposed to do so i just had this idea i was like look i'm just going to read off a script um and i actually wasn't it wasn't a script it was just like a piece of paper with some 
I can't, no idea what was written on it. But I had 15 minutes, and not to just get by 15 minutes is pretty tough. Anyway, so I'm on... Uh, it's longer than you think when it's been filmed, isn't it? Oh, it's mad. 15, <laughs> standing room, 15 it's minutes. Like, it's like literally the camera on you. <laughs> there's 100 people in there. Exactly. There's 100 people in, it was at Universal Studios, it was stage one, it was like real cliche. Mm. But there's 100 people in there and they put the music on um, and I just started reading from this piece of paper and trying to make it really emotional and stuff and then I flipped the chair <laughs> and then I was getting angry. I was like waving my arms around and then, and then I think the director, she was like, right, Paul, start start taking your clothes off. <laughs> I like, so as I'm reading it, I've like I've heard her, and I'm um like just like start slowly taking my clothes off. It's like a strip. It was like a, this, like a yeah, it was like a strip magic show. mic. Yeah, but that was the premise of the like the music video. It had to kind of be like what sexy or whatever it was, and then did that, and then um, afterwards I got a standing ovation. Nice. Yeah, it was mental. Well, that means it was a good job. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. So this, um, so this was the point. N none of the guys knew who was going to be picked to be the lead guy. It was actually Britney's um, choice. choice on the day. And then she'd seen me, she'd met, like we had a bit of a, a, a laugh and, and giggle whilst we were filming some stuff. And then, um, yeah, they pulled me aside and said that Britney's chosen me. So I was like... Amazing. Boom. Moving on to a different subject, um, you love to travel, as yep. we said. Um Where's your favourite place you've been and where would you like to go next? <clears throat> I know that's a difficult one. <laughs> you could choose several places. Yeah. It doesn't have right. to be one specific. Japan. Oh, well, yeah. Nice. Yeah, like... Is that somewhere you've been or somewhere you want to go? No, somewhere I've been. Wow. Yeah, I went for 10 days. I've been days. as well. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's cool. It's a culture shock. Yeah. Like, wow. But that's what I wanted. When I went there, I wanted to go to somewhere where... English wasn't the spoken language. Mm. You know, I think we get it so easy mm. and we take it for granted. And I kind of wanted to go somewhere where people had said to me, there's nothing written in English, you know, you're going you're to struggle. Didn't really, but just amazing, just very different to... Incredible. Yeah, to the way that we live. And um, I think really it, interesting is there is like, there's a very futuristic part. And then there's yeah. like the historical part, which is like the temples and the geisha and the kimono and the, you know. The, it's so there. beautiful uh, and the culture and the way that the people are, you know, that's just so polite. When you turn, you, if you pay for something, they give you the card reader, they turn around and then wait for you to, um, you know, to put in your, your pin number. You know, just stuff like that. It's just real simple stuff. But you're like, this is it's very beautifully done. Mm -hmm. Well, they said, I was speaking to someone who's Japanese and they said, actually, you know, in terms of some things, we're very aligned with the British, like we yeah. are interested in manners, etiquette and those kind of things. And also we love tea. <laughs> yeah. It's like they have their tea ceremony. We have afternoon tea <laughs> yeah. and breakfast tea. <laughs> um, yeah. So Japan, yeah, there's like 3% crime rate in Japan. It's mad. And... I think maybe it's a little bit regimented there from when they're kids, but it's very beautiful, you know. There's a lot of respect on the streets. There's no rubbish or anything like that. You know, when you look at England, it's amazing here, but there's a bit of lack of respect. Um, crime rates here is pretty awful. London's awful. Um, and I think if like, you had the balance between the two, it would be like the perfect place. Mm -hmm. um, where else would I like to go? I mean, I went to 
Asia when I was younger. Mm. Did some traveling there. Mm. That was just like a fun time. Mm. Have you been to South America or? Oh, South America is where I want to go. That would be amazing. That's my. That I have one either. Yeah, Brazil, Carnival, um, Medellin, like just some, you know, Colombia, like just some very cool places which I haven't been, which I definitely need to go to. Yeah, I think it's like so colourful there and the music as well and food, obviously. Yeah. Tell us about how you build a personal brand and what do you think, you know, you would want your self brand to represent and what do you think going forward that you would like that to be? Um, a personal brand. I think you have to be realistic with what you want um, and and where you want to be. And I think if those two tie together, then lucky you. Because it's very hard to have a personal brand these days. You know, as you get older, you, you change. Yeah, I guess it's about like, um, you know, you have ambition and you have a place where you see yourself going, but things can change as well at the same time. Yeah. It also depends on what you want to do. Like having a personal brand, I mean, as as what? I mean, if for a model, like you have to know exactly what you're good at and, and what makes you the money. Yeah, what's your strengths? Yeah, I mean, look, if, you, if you're going to try and be an athlete but you're not, um, then you're really going to struggle unless you train to be an athlete, you know? There's one of those things. But I think if you're true to yourself and what you want to do and you want it enough... Um, it will go that way. Mm-hmm. Um, if, I've been trying to work on a personal brand for a long time. I, I change my mind all the time. I get bored all the time. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it's... And then there's there's things that I've done which don't really make money um, or modelling jobs I've done which I know that just aren't good for me. Like I've done catwalk um, or I would try and do like a high fashion stuff. I've got the pictures back and I'm like, oh my God, it's so embarrassing because I just look like an idiot. So that wasn't me. So I had to stick with like maybe doing the more the commercial stuff or the fitness stuff or something like that. And and then you just find find your niche and then, you know, you stick with that. Um, I guess then it's about finding yourself a little bit and also being adapting to change as you grow, you know. Yeah. I mean, like we're forever growing. I mean, do, do I want to know what, what, what I want to do now? No, I'm 35. 35 <laughs> and uh, I struggled you know I wake up every day thinking what do I want to do in life and I envy and I've always envied the people that wake up and know exactly where they want to be and what they want to do because I think once you know that you're set you know because you can go and start trying to achieve that but there's so much you can do now um, and I'm a carpenter by trade so I've always wondered do I get back into doing that you know is that is that my calling I don't really want to go and work for someone else. I don't want to go and do odd jobs for someone else. Not because I don't think it's good enough. It's just what I don't I don't personally want to do that. But what do I want to do? I mean, that's the million dollar question that people <laughs> keep asking me. What do you want to do with your life, Paul? And I'm like, I'm doing loads of things, but is that really what I truly passionately want to do? I don't know. But then I would say to people, if all the time people moan about their jobs and I'm like, this is what I've always done is I've, Apart from when I was younger, I had a job, like a, a secure job. So I've always been self-employed. People are like, does it not stress you out, the fact that you never know when your next you know, your next check's coming in? I'm like, yeah, it does, but I believe in the process. Mm. I always believe that, you know, if something's not 
something's not happening, something around the corner will, as long as you're doing something um, and being proactive. So I've always believed in that. So when someone's like, I can't, you know, I can't do that, I'm like, just stop it. Why waste your life doing something which you're not happy in doing? Just quit. Mm. the process will like trust in the process mm. um you know if you quit your job and you go and sit at home and do nothing well obviously nothing's going to come but if you if you quit your job there's always something that you can do and i hear it all the time but you know i, I guess i maybe i'm a bit more free-spirited in that sense yeah and it's a, i guess it's about being brave having the courage to do that you know yeah i mean like the stresses in life you know you've got your bills to pay and all the rest of it but like i say if you if you trust the process Somebody said to me the other day, and I was like, just quit your job. I said, I can't. I'm like, just why don't you just quit your job? If you, if you hate your job, quit your job. Mm. Make this mental that you would go to work every day and be and be miserable. Mm-hmm. Go on the tube, everyone looks miserable. I'm sure everyone's not miserable, but, mm. you know, you, people look it. I'm like, what? why, why do this? Yeah, exactly. Why be miserable? Exactly. That also kind of leads on to yep. what are your plans for the future? Yeah, right. <laughs> Which is the difficult <laughs> one. Uh, but what what do you what do you see for yourself like in this next coming months? You know. Yeah. Um, what I have, I'm kind of getting to that age where I know I'm still I'm still young. I'm very You're young. Still young. Yeah, still young. <laughs> You're still young. And I'm still young at heart. But there's a there's a there's a part of me that thinks, do do I still want the lifestyle that I I lead, and it that very much is changing, and I think that was kind of the hardest thing for me to kind of uh, personally realise is you know I do go out well I was going out a lot I had a very social life, and now I kind of think I want to. Do I want to settle down and 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 have the kids? Well, my sister's just had a kid. I never thought I'd be broody, but I see my my niece and I'm like, oh yeah, maybe I do want a kid, you know. Um, but it has to be right. Um, but the you know the aspirations I want to get I want to do more building stuff. Um, I'm starting to pursue acting again. That was something which I always loved, and it just kind of took a bit of a back foot. I think modelling was the pro- like the primary income for me um and then love island to touch love island obviously nobody wants to touch you after that and then it's it's been a long enough time for me to say right i can get back into it and i actually love doing it i think a it's like therapy mm. because uh, acting training is like therapy after an acting session you're like you know you're just stripped of emotion because you put so much into it and it's a really beautiful thing, whether or not you do well or not, just going and training is a good thing. Um, but where do I want to be? I don't know. Do I even want to be in London? I don't know. There's a lot of, I don't know, sadly. But um, but I'm happy the way, you know, things are going at the minute. Good, good. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Paul. <laughs> no I worries. think it's really interesting um, talking about how, you know, your journey so far and also kind of like having the bravery and courage to be free-spirited and, you know, not follow the conventional path. So I'm sure there's many exciting things to come. Yeah, well, look, I hope so. Um, Working on some things. I mean, you know, I've set a business up with some friends and, you know, I've got fingers in pies, so to speak. And um, I think eventually I just want to be doing one or two things. And, um, you know, they're, they're coming. Amazing. 
So all the course details and links are in the show notes. And thank you for listening. If you like today's show, please rate and review wherever you get your podcast. It was presented by me, Dr. Richard Marks. For more about me, I'm on at Dr. Underscore Richard double underscore or visit my website drrichardlondon.com this is a pod people production it was recorded at spiritland studios and the music is by delhi music and we will see you next time Bye.